You are listening to Wilhelm, a film-centric podcast for film lovers of all kinds. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Wilhelm. I am your host, Ben Beck, and this episode, we are exploring the films of someone who you can honestly consider probably one of the greatest entertainers of all time, all around entertainers. Uh, that's right. This time we are revealing and discussing our choices for our top five favorite films from the amazing Steve Martin. And to help me, my guest makes his return to Wilhelm since we kicked it all off with the pilot first episode. He's the creator of the Podcastica Network, as well as the host of numerous great podcasts. Welcome back to Wilhelm, Jason Kabasi. Hey, glad to be here. Steve Martin is definitely a favorite of mine. When you put out all those great ideas of possible Wilhelm topics, that one jumped right out at me. And I'm like, can I please do that one? So I'm glad it's finally time. Yeah, you laid claim. I mean, no pressure at all. But I mean, like, you know, the first episode that you were on, we did films we feel are like the most essential viewing for any mm -hmm. film person, which is a daunting task in itself. You have Steve Martin, whose library is so well-rounded that it's it's difficult to pick a top five. And then I know you also laid claim to Robin Williams, which we're going to do yeah. at some point in the future. That one feels like more pressure. Right? <laughs> but uh, it'll be fun. Yeah, I mean, Steve Martin is such a renaissance man, a comedian, actor, screenwriter, novelist, brilliant banjo player. Mm -hmm. So, um, but, you know, of course, we're going to be focusing on his movies, but I just really admire him all around he just seems like such a great guy too he and from every everywhere you hear from people that have worked with him or know him like he's incredibly nice like mm. you you never i don't think i've ever heard a bit of negative negativity about him that's he always just, good to he hear he just seems like he's one of those guys that probably qualifies as one of like the nicest guys in hollywood that's great and i mean his career has been going 40 almost 50 years mm -hmm. i think at this point it was funny because um, one of the guys that's turned out not to be so nice is Chevy Chase. Mm -hmm. And it uh, turns out he's a huge a-hole, apparently. And um, But I always loved his comedy back in the day before I knew that, you know. And they did Three Amigos together, uh, Steve Martin, Chevy Chase, and Martin Short. Mm -hmm. And I watched recently the Chevy uh, Chevy Chase roast that happened like 10 years ago on Comedy Central. It's and so I know he was watch. he was upset because not, not a lot of stars showed up, you know, a lot of his friends. But um, Martin Short and Steve Martin and Nathan Lane sent in a video where they're like, Hey, Chevy, we're here on the set of Three Amigos 2, and we just wanted to say hi. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, that's a rough roast to watch because yeah. you're right. Like he, he was so upset. Harsh. He was upset at the star power that were that was there, or lack of rather. Mm -hmm. And uh, from what I gather about that roast, too, apparently he just was not happy with people picking on him because I guess he didn't realize what a roast was before he went into it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I heard it was extra harsh and then I watched it and th all those are pretty harsh. I thought it was maybe a little harsher, but um, he clearly yeah, wasn't happy. So yeah, he wasn't. Real. Anyway, you can tell we're not here to talk face. about him, but yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and, you know, in in the list of accomplish, accomplishments that Steve Martin has too, one of the ones that I find most oppressive is that he is one of the few. He's one of the, the few on a short list of people who has hosted SNL 15 times. Oh, wow. Like that's <clears throat> that's a lot. And he's been yeah. he's been on SNL more time. Like he's made appearances on SNL 25 times i think was but he ever he was never like officially part of the cast i don't believe so um, okay because i know i saw that's where i first saw him doing i'm a wild and crazy guy and mm-hmm. you know uh stuff like that he hosted relatively early like i think yeah. i think his in first the 70s, time hosting sure. was back in the 70s yeah 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 so i mean 15 times in however long snl's been on that you have to figure he started pretty early mm-hmm so, but yeah, it's always great to see him pop up and yeah, we're going to focus on his, the, it, we're going to focus on his films and, and our favorites. So, you know, obviously like some of these, at least in my top five, they're not exactly the best Steve right. Martin movies, but they're ones that just have always remained some of my favorites for one reason or another. There is at least one in there that totally in mind that fits that description to a T where I have to maybe <laughs> apologize for it a little, but it means it, you know, it's nostalgic to me. And so it's in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I might have one, I might actually have like two or three in mind, <laughs> right. but uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to it. Maybe we'll share some of them. Maybe we, yeah, will. I'll be interested. I, I wonder, I, I, my guess is you and I will have one or two in common, but other than that no but we'll see if that i think out. There, i think there's one in my top five that i think we've discussed before as being one oh, of your yeah. favorites i bet too. i know what that is uh and we'll get to it but you know mm-hmm. uh let's you want to you ready to jump into it and, sure um so yeah so before we get started with that obviously just got to let you know uh let the listeners know that neither jason or myself have revealed our top five at any point as not to influence ourselves so jason doesn't know mine i don't know his and of course there's always the warning that we're going to discuss these so there's spoilers involved uh so just know that ahead of time uh that said let's jump into the top five number five what do you got Okay, so these are in my order of how much I like them. You know, number one's the my very favorite Steve Martin movie. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I noticed with these top five lists, a lot of time number five is is kind of the hardest one because you know which ones you really love, but then when you get down to number five, it's like, oh wait, okay, if I include this one, then I have to leave this one off. Yeah, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of how I felt by this one. And this is the one that I know wasn't that well reviewed, but I saw it as a kid and loved it, and I think it's fun. And I watched, by the way, uh, to get ready for this podcast, I went and rewatched nine Steve Martin films in the last couple weeks. <laughs> and it was a lot of fun. It was good to revisit all these. Yeah. But, I, uh, I revisited a couple before we did this mm-hmm. too. I, I've never prepped so much for a podcast before, <laughs> but well, maybe I've binge series, but anyway, um, so number five for me is three amigos. That's a great choice. And <laughs> it was, it was really tough to not include in my top five. Yeah. I it mean, it really was it all. I, you know, like I said, there's another one that we'll get to either on your list or in honorable mentions that I had to leave off to include this, but um, it's a 1986 movie directed by John Landis who, you know, animal house blues brothers, et cetera, American werewolf in London written by Steve Martin, Lorne Michaels of SNL and Randy Newman wrote the songs. Um, I 
just think it's really it's so silly it's not deep at all but it's just funny i mean if you haven't seen it it's chevy chase martin short and steve martin as these uh, old hollywood actors who play the three amigos who go in and like save villages and stuff and they're dressed up in these totally like vegasy looking uh mexican i don't know ranger outfits or something and they've never they don't have any experience so they accidentally get wrapped up in this this village is being terrorized by this local bandit el guapo and they think they're going to an acting job but it's yeah. actually real <laughs> <laughs> and i love the part where they think they're acting and el guapo comes and they think they've ran him out of town or actually it's one of his henchmen but then he brings back like 50 more guys plus el guapo and they're just playing it up these parts you know we are the three amigos we fight for justice and then um one of them shoots steve martin in the <laughs> arm yep and then he's like he's like wait a minute let me see that gun they're using real bullets and then he then he realizes what's up and he goes back over to the other two and he goes um it's real and they're like what and he goes this is real <laughs> and then and he goes they're they're going to kill us and then all three of them start crying <laughs> what am i doing in mexico <laughs> yeah. just that just that they all started crying and like i think chevy chase is like lower lip juts yeah. out and everything <laughs> starts doing the, the tremble it's, yeah. I, and i love that movie too because like there's so many quotable lines in that movie yeah. and like one of my favorite lines in that movie is like um not so fast i'll go up or i'll pump you so full of lead you'll be using your dick for a pencil like it's so <laughs> and it's he goes so what does that mean i don't I know no <laughs> <laughs> or uh when um Another favorite part is they're going out to actually take on El Guapo. They've decided to try and be heroes, but they don't really know the way. And they're out in the desert on their horses. And it's one of those scenes where they're just clearly <clears throat> dying of thirst. They're all like parched and exhausted on their horses. <laughs> and then uh, Steve Martin like pulls up his canteen and, you know, to pour some in his mouth. And there's like three drops left in there. Ugh. And then Martin Short does the same and a bunch of dust comes <laughs> out sand, on his face. Yeah. And then you see Chevy Chase just chugging water. Glug, 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 and it's like spilling all down his face. And then and he body. just tosses the rest he tosses of it. He tosses it and all like it. goes out into the ground. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> and he's like, what? Uh, what does he say? Would you like a mint bomb? or something? Yeah, <laughs> lip, lip bomb. That's right. <laughs> it's interesting. There's a very... And I wish one day they made a documentary on the making of that movie because there's a lot of history hmm. behind the making of that movie. Like, for example, the the initial cast that they wanted when they first started writing the movie was it was supposed to be Steve Martin, Chevy Chase and John Belushi instead of Martin Short. Oh, and then uh, the actor's death and in, in when Belushi died in 82, that kind of changed things. Wow, that would have really changed it. And then the script was rewritten and it was the title was changed to Three Caballeros. And th at that point, it was supposed to be um, Steve Martin, Dan Aykroyd and Robin Williams. Oh, wow. That were no looked idea. at for the role. And then it kind of averted back to three. To Which three, three of those would I would have loved to have seen um, Belushi in there. Martin Short, I. I feel I, he's not really my style. He's okay. He he's funny in this movie, but that's his first film too. I would have liked to have seen Belushi in there. Of course, Robin Williams is amazing, but I feel like maybe he would have just like overshadowed everything, you know, probably. <laughs> I, I mean, it'd be interesting because I don't know if Robin has ever worked in a film wise. I don't think he has ever worked with Steve Martin. So it would have been a first time. Oh, that would have been interesting. It would yeah. have been interesting to see this movie kind of reminded me of uh dumb and dumber. 
actually, The Jerk I watched again. That really reminded me of Dumb Dumber. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So that anyway, one I yeah. can see for sure. Yeah, it was um, really fun to go back and watch it because I, I, because I always had a soft spot for this movie, and I looked at and oh, it's like all the critics didn't like it. It's not that well regarded. Let me go back and watch it again and just see if I like it. And I'm like, yeah, I still like it. <laughs> it's a, it's it a great list. movie, and it's yeah. and it's in my honorable mention. So that's one oh, I nice. don't have to add, but we don't have to talk about when we get to that. <laughs> um, yeah. So that brings me to my number five, and my number five is is another one like that. Like I mentioned, not the highest reviewed Steve Martin film, but one I've just always loved for some reason. Uh, my number five is from 1996. It's Sergeant Bilko. I never saw that one. It's so. I mean, it's he is a. It, it takes place in the U.S. Army and it takes place on a military base. And he, Steve Martin, is a con man who's in charge of the motor pool on on the base but he he's constantly running gambling out of it like taking bets on boxing <laughs> he's doing he's doing dog races throughout the park but it's like the dogs are on remote control cars because he can't let or no the rabbits on like a remote control car with like mm-hmm. dogs following it and he's always one step ahead of like all the all the brass on there which is dan Aykroyd's character because dan Aykroyd is in the film um and he plays like the 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 major on there and he's always like one step ahead of him the whole time until uh phil hartman the late great phil hartman comes in who is somebody he has cheated in the past comes to the base finds out that steve martin sergeant bilko is there and like now he's on his ass and he's trying to to catch him and then it's like a a kind of like back and forth between the two of them as to steve martin trying to stay ahead with phil martin phil hartman behind him and it's just it's such a fun movie it's so ridiculously like it's so ridiculous, but there's so many moments in the movie that make me laugh. And there are so many quotable lines that I still quote to this day. Like I can probably say half the lines of that movie as I'm watching the movie. It's a great cast. Yeah. Steve Martin, Dan Aykroyd, Phil Hartman, who passed away, Glenn Headley, I think who just recently passed away in the last couple of years. Uh, And Daryl Mitchell, who we know from both galaxy quest and now, and well, I don't know if he's shown up recently, but Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, Do you know um, Rebecca Louise, who's one of the listeners? Of, the, yeah, the name sounds familiar. She, I was just telling her this morning that she looks like uh, Glenn Headley. Check out her. Uh, her profile? Yeah, her profile. <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, I can see that. Anyway. I'll have to check it yeah, out. Yeah, I got I to watch that. I, I think it was actually people liked it when it came out. I remember feeling like, cause isn't it based on a TV show? It's based Sergeant on TV Bilko, series, yeah. which I never saw that either. Is it the same premise? Never saw the show. An artist guy. Yeah. I don't even yeah. know. So I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know how close it is to the series, but it is based. It is loosely based off of the television series. Mm-hmm. So, but it's been one that's always stuck with me. I just think it's a ton of fun. And I think I've heard you mention it before. Probably at some point. It's one of the ones I actually rewatched in preparation for this. I should watch it again. After nine C Martin movies, I'm not tired of C Martin. So maybe I'll go watch it again. Yeah, there you go. Or go watch it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number four. Number four is Parenthood. A great movie. Which is such a great movie directed by Ron Howard, who also co-wrote it. Apparently it was partially based on his own family experiences. Uh, 1989. And um, I, so I watched it when it came out. I was 18 years old. 
I liked it. I always liked movies with heart. You know, it's not really a comedy. It's it's um it's got some funny moments, but it's kind of a comedy drama, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um but I hadn't watched it again since becoming a parent. And now it's a way different experience because it's all about the painfulness of being a parent, all the worry that comes along with it. Uh, and little things like grabbing your kids about to walk in front of cars in the parking lot. I do that every day (laughs) and they never (laughs) listen. Um, or, you know, just having to be the bad guy or worrying you failed as a parent or when the teacher asks whether they've, um, taken one of their kids for a psychiatric evaluation. Like I had to take uh Bodhi for a developmental evaluation and, or blaming the other parent for stuff that's wrong. Just all these little things about parenting that it's pretty clear that the person who wrote this is, is a parent. So that part is great. I, I, I love seeing Keanu Reeves in this. Yeah. I think it was his first part after Bill and Ted and, um, he hadn't yet done, I don't think he'd yet done point break. So he was still like in my head, this goofy kid, right? Yeah. He wasn't Todd. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but, uh, he's kind of, uh, the mother hates him and you're not sure what to think, but I was happy. Like we're spoiling stuff people. So I'll say it, but well, I was well, happy was that the warning he, at the top. Yeah. Good. That he actually turned out to be a good guy and, mm-hmm. and a good role model for Joaquin Phoenix. Who's the little kid. Yeah. In this, you know, you see him. I mean, it's a great cast. Mary Steenburgen, Rick Mark, Moranis, Rick Moranis has this like tiger dad, <laughs> tiger yeah. mom slash dad. <laughs> yeah. Martha Plimpton. And then the thing that stand, I like have one for all the comedies, like a funny thing that stands out to me for me in this movie. It's the diarrhea song that the little kid sings <laughs> when you're sliding into first and you're feeling something burst diarrhea. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting too, because like, I remember hearing that song as a kid too. So I don't know, like, did it come from parenthood? I'm not or, sure. Or was it around before that? And they just happened to use it in parenthood. When you're sliding into third and you feel a juicy turd. (laughs) (laughs) And it spawned two TV series. I think the first one only went one season. But in 2010, uh, I think it's show run by Jason Kadams, who also did Six Feet Under, which was excellent. Friday, I mean, um, not Six Feet Under, Friday Night Lights, he did, which was excellent. But uh, it starred Peter Krause from Six Feet Under and Lauren Graham from Gilmore Girls. Zach Shepard, I I think, was in that as well. Yeah, and I've... That's on my list to go back. I've seen an episode here and there, but I feel like I want to jump into that because it looks really good. I've never seen it, but I've heard good things about it. Yeah. So that's another Did you one. watch Friday Night Lights? I did. Well, I, yeah. I stopped after a couple seasons, but I think I know for sure I watched at least the first three seasons. It Friday has Lights. that same feel, how Friday Night Lights had a feel as if they were kind of improving a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I think parenthood has that same, but it also has like a big heart to it. And this movie has a lot of heart too. That's the, probably the main reason why I liked it so much. Just brimming with heart and see yeah. Martin's character, such a good guy. And it's interesting that, that you mentioned too, how a movie can take a different, make a, a different effect or affect you differently rather when you're older than yeah. were, than you were when you were younger. Cause parenthood came out in uh, 89, I think yeah. late eighties. So, yep, you know, 89. When you're a teenager, or a young child watching this, you you like it for a completely different reason than you do when you're older and finally have kids and you're a parent mm-hmm. of your own. So I, I'm not yet at that point where I've experienced parenthood, but I know enough people who have uh, and I have indirectly because of that, that I, it, it would probably reflect differently on me. I mean, I liked it as an 18 year old when I saw it. And you mm-hmm. you just you said what a great movie as soon as I brought it up. Right. So, oh, yeah. 
it's in my honorable mentions. I mean, it's, you know, again, there's so many movies that were so tough to not put in top five. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a good one. My number four is actually the one that I think we might share in our top five mm-hmm. at some point. Uh, my my number four is a movie from 1987 called Roxanne. That's what I thought when you said it. Yep. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's it's a modern adaptation. Well, modern for the time uh, adaptation of a Cyrano de Bergerac um, play in which, you know, he is a he has a large nose and he's trying to kind of woo a woman through another person but then he also is interested in that person and it becomes <laughs> this big you know uh you know this big to do about him trying to woo her in other ways and it's I, I think the movie has such heart i mean it's very interesting to see somebody with like an ex- a, a long nose like that because it kind <laughs> yeah. of it definitely draws in the attention but you know in the same way that you kind of point out a, a, a familiar scene from the movie that kind of sticks out to you one of the ones from this one that always sticks out to me is when he's going through like the what i call the insult fest yes where he's kind of insulting himself before anybody else can do it well, they're playing, uh, this guy says, hey, big nose, that part, mm-hmm. and, and some douchebag, and then he goes, that's the best thing you can come with, come up with? Here, throw a dart at this board, and then I'll make 20 better, or I'll make as many better insults as whatever number you yeah. hit, and he hits number yes. 20. <laughs> and then he just goes into, like, all these different insults about himself, and yeah. they're brilliant, And but at the same time, like he's winning the crowd over, like he's winning everyone over by insulting himself, and it's just he's the man. He's in this movie. uh, I mean, you (laughs) you have Steve Martin, Daryl Hannah, Fred Willard, Shelley Duvall. Um, I can't remember who the actor was that played the other fireman. Rick Rick Rossovich. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, like again, like this is one of those ones that has always stuck out to me that any. This is one of the ones I actually wished I did watch leading up to prepping for yeah. this, but I but I didn't unfortunately, and it has been a while since I've seen it. But I just, you know, thinking about Steve Martin movies, this is one that I knew from the moment we talked about doing this episode had to be in my top five somewhere. Absolutely. Well, should I say whether it's on my list or wait? in case it is or isn't i mean it's it's up to you i mean if it's on your list if yeah. you want to wait until we get to that point then if you have any additional notes we can add right onto it okay i'll wait and then if it's not on my list at the end i'll say surprise it wasn't on my list <laughs> all right <laughs> uh fair enough uh that takes us into our our number three okay number three roxanne no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't have been uh, surprised <laughs> my number three is the spanish prisoner never i've seen never that? seen it no it is probably the most different of of any of his movies that I've seen. And and he's a supporting character. He has a big role, but the main character is Campbell Scott. Okay. Uh who was in a few movies back then. I think it was in a movie with Julie Roberts or something. Um it's written and directed by David Mamet, who's you know, famous for being a playwright and also for his particular style of dialogue, which is incomplete sentences, interruptions, uh, using old sayings and this kind of stilted delivery, but in a charming way. So it's all about the style of it. It's the un- it's really understated. The characters are weirdly polite with each other. Um, it has a very Hitchcockian feel to it. 
If okay. you see it, you will you will understand why I say that because you're not sure what's real and what's not. There's a lot of twists. Uh, there's things like the first half of the movie almost seems weirdly mundane, but then things that happen early on take on a new like kind of nefarious significance later when you realize what's really going on. I'm going to be vague about it because you haven't seen it. And I, Mm -hmm. I would like, I know a lot of people haven't seen this, so I would actually like for people to go and see it, but it's definitely a movie that you need to push through the first half because at first it seems slow, but then once you get to the middle, it's like, okay, here we go. (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. And it's about, it's about con artists, which I noticed Steve Martin likes to be in movies about con artists. I was artists. just going to say the same thing. Like I'm looking ahead at some of my other top right. five, my honorable mentions. I'm like, he plays a lot of con artists. Yeah. Uh, this is a different, different kind. And you're not sure who's conning who. And it's not a comedy at all. Like it's has kind of the feel of a murder mystery about it. Um, it has Ricky Jay in it. Who's this real life con artist type. He's, he passed, but he's, he's a magician. If you go to um, YouTube and look at Ricky J card tricks, there's some amazing stuff in there. Uh, Rebecca pigeon, who's Mamet's wife is one of the main characters. Steve Martin is um, it, it, all the performances are so kind of restrained that it almost feel like it didn't need to be him, but he's really good in it. It was nominated for best screenplay that year in 97. It's, this is actually a little spoiler, but the, most recent movie on my list. I need to go watch some more recent ones of his again. Um, and then there's this great MacGuffin in it where the thing that everybody's after is this thing that Campbell Scott has made called the process, which they mention they can use it to control the global market for something, but you don't know what it is, but because it's so valuable, it reminds me of the briefcase in Pulp Fiction, you know, the glowing briefcase, you never figure out what it is because it's so valuable. All these like really, uh, power players are interested in it. So you see like uh, all these ultra rich and powerful who want it. And then, uh, the music is by Carter Burwell, who did a lot of Coen brothers movies like Fargo and raising Arizona. So it's really good music. It's, it's, it's good. It's, I mean, it's Hitchcockian. So I think you'd probably like it knowing that you're into Hitchcock. Yeah. I mean, everything you're saying about it, I think (laughs) I want to add it. I'm definitely going to add it to my list to check out and probably relatively soon because I I know just in, in talking in these conversations, there are movies I'm going to want to rewatch from (laughs) Steve Martin and I'll add that one to the list since I've never seen it. We'll be curious to know what you think. Yeah. And I I love that you use the word MacGuffin because like, I I love anytime that comes up in, in a movie. Like I love the idea of MacGuffin and especially when movies kind of, I know this is kind of going off a little bit, but I just recently watched red notice on Netflix with Ryan Reynolds, uh, Dwayne Johnson. Oh yeah. That's a new one that just came out. Yeah. And they're, they're looking for this rock and they're trying to find or not a rock and egg. And they're trying to find it in, in like this, this warehouse. And Ryan Reynolds is saying like, or Dwayne Johnson says to Ryan Reynolds, like, how do you know, like, how are we going to be able to find it? And Ryan Reynolds is like, I don't know. Let's just like for, look for a box that probably says MacGuffin on it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I I mean, this and the Pulp Fiction one are the two MacGuffins I can think of where they're like, they're so MacGuffin-y that you don't even find out what they are. And I kind there's something I kind of like about that. It's like the writer saying, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's just really valuable. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's just driving the story forward. It doesn't matter what's in the briefcase. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna check that one out. Spanish prisoner, you said, right? Mm-hmm. But you gotta watch the whole thing. You can't decide after a half an hour, this is too slow. Oh no, I wouldn't do that. I, I mean if <laughs> I'll I'll stick with it. Yeah, yeah. Um speaking of con man, my number three is another movie where he plays a con man. <laughs> um, and this has been a movie that I 
I feel is incredibly underrated, but I loved it the first time I see it, and I love it even more every time I see it. It's from 1999. I went with Bowfinger. I didn't even realize he played a con man in that. He, well, he's I the, saw it at the time, but I've, I can't remember. Well, one of the taglines of the movie is called The Con Is On. <laughs> I mean, and it's I swore you were going to say Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Okay, go on. No, no. And it's, it's <laughs> well, that would make a lot of sense, too, when it comes yeah. to The Con Man. But, <laughs> you know, he plays a, a movie producer who is trying to get this movie made and instead of you know he fails to get the big star which is eddie murphy at the time and Mm -hmm. although i don't think he plays eddie murphy Murphy, i don't think some other because he plays two different characters in the movie and i don't think either one of them are are eddie murphy Mm -hmm. um i know one of them is kit ramsey which is the the nerdy version of the character that eddie murphy plays but he is uh, you know, he, it's just it's funny because he's a movie producer trying to get this movie made. So since he can't get the star, he gets a lookalike who comes in and he's conning all these people to be in the movie by following them secretly with cameras, trying to get this movie made and make it look like it's big budget when it's not. I just like the cast is amazing with Steve Martin, Eddie Murphy, Christine Baranski, Heather Graham, Jamie Kennedy. Terrence Stamp, Robert Downey Jr. is even in a scene mm-hmm. in the movie. It's just, it's so much fun. And it's been a movie that just always sticks with me every time I watch it. I got to watch that one again, too, because I watched it when it came out and I liked it, but I've just never revisited it. And I, I, I watched nine movies. That was, I couldn't watch any more than that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I definitely want to go back and watch it. It only takes so much before you need Eddie Murphy's great. Yeah, I mean, and this is, I mean, he's real. Eddie Murphy even shines in this movie, too. Again, he plays two different roles that are just completely opposite of each other, but yet so, so exaggerated. Like, you know, playing the Kit Ramsey version, he's like this really nerdy version. I mean, I might be wrong in in Kit. Like, Kit might be the other version. I don't remember. It's been a while since I've seen the film. Right. Um, So forgive me for not remembering the characters' names. But it, you know, he plays one exaggerated nerdy version, and then in the other version, he is a big movie star. But he thinks like there's these government people out to get him, and he's in the pyramid power, and it's like it's so ridiculous, and <laughs> it's just fun. And every time like Steve Martin is following him with the camera, and the actors are following at the camera secretly, he thinks it's the government following him trying to get like the pyramid power, and it's it's so over the top and funny, <laughs> but I love it. So. Uh, brings us to our top two. Okay. Well, my number two is Roxanne and I love that movie so much that that means that my number one, I really, really love because otherwise Roxanne would have been number one. Um, it's written by Steve Martin, which I think it just is a testament to his talent. I, I really liked the feel of it, the small town feel, mm-hmm. and it had this kind of breezy vibe. And I love that he's the fire chief and he has this bumbling crew that always mess up. They can't hold the hose right. And they're, I forgot about that. They're trying to save a cat and they're like pushing ladders through people's windows. And he, <laughs> he just walks up and puts a, some cat food down and the cat comes down. Um, it's really quirky. I like how, for some reason, he's an acrobat. <laughs> this movie. <laughs> Remember, he like climbs up houses. He just jumps up and does a yeah. flip. And <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know why. Like, I went back and looked. Was Cyrano de Bergerac an acrobat or something? No. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd say I don't know, like, uh, like, and you're really making me want to rewatch the movie now. Like I said, it's, it's, so it's one of the ones I wanted to. Was this one of the ones that you rewatched in prep? Yes. Okay. And I, I loved it just as much. Kevin Nealon is in it as this like jerk who comes up and I mean, people like he he's really sensitive about his nose, uh, Steve Martin. So mm-hmm. he says something, and and he has ski poles, and Steve Martin just him and his buddy just beats the crap out of them with their own <laughs> ski equipment. <laughs> in a really stylish way he's like whacks him in the face with his racket and goes 15 love you know (laughs) stuff like that (laughs) um i this guy that has no game chris he's like a really good looking firefighter he he like at the thought of speaking to a woman he looks like he's gonna puke you know which is hard to believe because he's so good looking but my one of my favorite moments is when um Steve Martin's character is feeding Chris lines through an earpiece and he has this hunting cap on to cover it up and he's sitting next to Daryl Hannah and um, he's like, you are a lioness alert and sensitive to every misstep. Therefore I must move silently moving in towards you. My hand outreaching to car three, car three proceed to the two seventy nine. I forgot about that part. She's like, what? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, this is one I definitely need to rewatch, like, really soon. It's it's so funny. And um, it it made me think of my own life. Like, I've definitely, more back in high school experience where I like a girl. She likes my friends because my friends were better looking than I am. And it sucked. And uh, (laughs) In there, too. Trust me. Right. And then I'd... um, occasionally i remember a couple times where after i started talking to them a little bit they they eventually came around to me but um it took a lot of talking (laughs) (laughs) um and then yeah with the whole thing you mentioned about where he has to do 20 insults to his own nose i wrote down a couple of them he goes naughty pardon me sir some of the ladies have asked if you wouldn't mind putting that thing away uh (laughs) philosophical it's not the size of a nose that's important it's what's in it that matters polite uh would you mind not bobbing your head the orchestra keeps changing tempo (laughs) (laughs) that's one of my favorite ones too (laughs) and then he just beats the guy up like he's kind of violent in this and then another favorite line last thing i wrote here is uh, when fred willard says a toast. I would rather be with the people of this town than with the finest people in the world. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, hey. wait a minute. That really stood out to me. That's one of the things I remembered from the movie years later. I need to rewatch that. I definitely need to rewatch that movie. That <laughs> orchestra really insult is probably it's that's one of my favorite ones, too, because I was a band geek in high school. So, you know, like that always stuck out to me with. The, yeah, uh, me too. The orchestra. It was, it's, what did you play? I was a horn player. So I was oh. mainly trumpet, but I switched trumpet. between like flugel and. I, did I know that? Yeah. I can't remember if we talked. I played um, bass drum and snare drum and you know pit in the orchestra, mm-hmm. and then I played some saxophone and clarinet too. I was funny. Like I actually started not to get too far off topic, but I actually, I I wanted to be a drummer. And mm-hmm. the music director at the time in the school I started at was like, well, we have enough drummers, but we need horn players. So yeah. maybe you might try horn. And then I started horn. And I actually loved it. That's funny because I wanted to play uh, saxophone and they said, we need drummers. Mm. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe that's why you and I are both so good at beat star. That, that's true. You're, and you're already <laughs> like starting to like whip our asses in that I, I, game. I, I, uh, only with the diamonds. I'm, I'm getting in the zone. But anyway, we're going so far off track now. That's but th- this movie, like, I just, when a movie has a nice feel to it, that 
That goes a long way with me. Just a nice vibe. Like uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You know, sometimes in that movie, it felt like not much was happening, but it was just about experiencing the world of the movie. And I yeah. feel like um, Roxanne is, is a lot like that, too. And it's just a pleasant experience. Yeah, you're right. Like mm. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like I remember really enjoying that movie. And then at the end, when it was over, I was like, what what was the story like, yeah, was there even exactly. a story <laughs> and i don't even care if it's done well you know it's yeah it's fine it's like how did i enjoy this so much there was no story to this movie <laughs> right yeah it's just a bunch of happenings that happened um <laughs> i had a feeling roxanne was going to be in your top five like i didn't mm. i didn't think otherwise you know it was just a matter of where it was going to fall but yeah it, but i'm really curious it. what your number one's going to be now because i know how much you do enjoy roxanne right so I'm very curious. I'm not going to say my number one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you just leave it hanging. Maybe you can guess. Maybe. But we'll get to we'll it. We'll try. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so my number two is one that, you know, I, and maybe I might be mentioning your number one when I say this too, but, you know, I know a lot of people when it comes to Steve Martin, when they think of like the quintessential Steve Martin movie, they think of the jerk because mm -hmm. it's, it's a very popular one. It's incredibly funny. It's incredibly well done, but there's one that kind of stands a little bit above me and above that one to me. And it was, it was tough not putting this one at number one, but the, my number one, like you is one that this, I just absolutely love. Mm -hmm. Um, my number like two. Like I've heard you say before, some usually you just know what your number one's gonna be on these. Yeah. 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 And I felt like that for this one for sure. Yeah. Uh my number two, I went with uh All of Me from 1984. I don't know if I've seen that. With I Lily with Steve it. Martin and Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin. Um, she is basically so it's basically Lily Tomlin is he Steve Martin plays a lawyer. And Lily Tomlin plays this really awful dying millionaire who um, is ready to transfer her soul into like this younger woman so that she can continue living on. But mm. through an accident, like they they pour her soul out of her body when she dies and puts it in a bowl, but the bowl gets knocked out of the window <laughs> and it hits Steve it Martin in the head. And then her magic soul goes or into him. yeah, like it's sort of like magic, like voodoo psychic kind of. Kind of yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, something goes wrong and she finds herself transferred into Steve Martin's body in the body okay. of her lawyer. But <laughs> this movie to me is, is such a masterclass of Steve Martin because you, you have him, essentially playing two characters at once, which would be a chore for any person, but he does it so brilliantly from the acting to the, the physical humor like this, like, I mean, the, the scene where she first transfers it into his body and she's trying to take control of the body while he's trying to keep control of it. And they're trying to walk down the street. And it's like, <laughs> it looks like a scene out of Monty Python and ministry of silly walks. Like it's just, <laughs> he's all over the place and it's so damn funny. And like Steve Martin is great in it. Lily Tomlin is great in it. Cause you still get to see her every time he looks in a mirror, he sees her and it's just, it's so well done. And it's one that like to anybody who is a Steve Martin fan, it's probably one of my go-tos to recommend to anybody. Because mm. again, I think it's I think it's basically a Steve Martin masterclass when it mm. comes to films. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Um, are you watching Lock and Key? I haven't started it yet. Uh, um, it's 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 really good. There's I one character who has in the most recent episode I watched. 
two two spirits enter his body at once and then he's like fighting with himself it kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of that and that's what that's anyway. really there are a lot of scenes like that do, you, in do they talk to each other in his head like yes. are you and stuff yeah. like that yeah, yeah, yeah. he yeah. can Lily hear, he can hear awesome. her okay um and it's directed by carl reiner nice so you know it's got a great director behind it but it's just yeah. it's such a he silly concept that works so well especially when you put somebody like steve martin behind it like he Lily Tomlin handles the acting, but he takes the physical comedy and it's just, he takes it to a whole nother level. That's just absolutely hysterical. He's good at that (laughs) for sure. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned at the top how he's a Renaissance man getting um, involved in all these different areas, but also within acting, he's good in comedy and drama. Mm -hmm. You know, he could play both for sure. Yeah. I, I know another series. A lot of people are watching right now that I haven't started, but I want to, um, with only murders in the building. With yeah short. i've watched uh four episodes and loved it but i got busy with other stuff mm-hmm. but totally intend to go back and finish it off and it's uh oh what's the singer's name oh the, um yeah i i know selena gomez yeah yeah she's surprisingly great in this uh, she plays off of those two very well and martin short is kind of an understated version of himself with chai appreciate because he's not my cup of tea normally he can be a little over the top sometimes. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's great i mean they play well together i you know if you watch them do their comedy together steve martin and martin short mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah all of me was my was my number nice. two and it's just that is one of the ones i did rewatch when i was re-watching some of the movies in preference i'm curious about that because it kind of relates to my um my number one um yeah so just like the spanish prisoner this would be my recommendation recommendation to you to okay to watch since you've never seen it and cool. i'd be curious to know your thoughts all right I'll number one um okay. yeah go for it what do what's, you have a guess i want to say the jerk no okay but the jerk is the one that i had a hard time not putting on my Ooh. list as number five i have another guess okay is it the man with two brains no, but I like that, and I I didn't go back and rewatch that. I okay. have a feeling if I had, maybe it would have replaced Three Amigos. You know, I need mm-hmm. to watch it again. Like a lot of these movies, I haven't seen since they came on. I have one more guess, okay. and then if it's not that one, I'll let you just reveal. All right, all right. Um, because it's in my honorable mentions. Is it L.A. Story? It is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It is, and that came out in '91. It's the 30th anniversary. Jesus Christ, world. Um, <laughs> and uh, written, also written by Steve Martin, like like Roxanne. I mean, I think these two movies are f- fairly similar in their feel. Um, he's Harris K. Telemacher, the weatherman. When I saw this, I was working at a movie theater, and I just fell in love with it right away. It's also got a great feel. It's got that breezy feel, like Roxanne, but it's it's more romantic, you know, and it's surreal and absurd and clever as hell, but it's really charming. Um, like, uh, the absurd part, you know, it's also like a love letter to LA, LA story. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And wh- when they're, they're on the free, he was on the freeway in the car with his girlfriend oh, and sh- what day is it? Oh, it's the first day of spring. Get the gun. And then they're like, load it, load it. And then he's like firing out the window. <laughs> He's like, did I leave my blue pants in your apartment? (laughs) It's hilarious. Uh, There's... there there's the the in the the way it's surreal uh, that the freeway sign that keeps speaking to him and giving Mm -hmm. him advice and riddles and stuff i just love that because he's 
you can tell he's not um, happy with his life. He's got this uh, kind of uptight girlfriend who's played by the woman from Taxi. I forgot. Mariel Henner or something like that. Mary, Mary Lou Henner. Yeah. Mary Lou Henner. Um, and, and his real life wife at the time was Victoria Tennant, who's also in. The it movie. was. Yeah. And that's the sad part because they broke up like three years later, mm-hmm. but it's such a great love story between the two of them. Um, when they're, they go to a dinner party and it's really boring and he makes a, an excuse to leave and she follows him out. And then they're just walking through this garden in the backyard. And then you see them as little kids walking and th- 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 there's this like ethereal, beautiful music. And I think at that part it's Enya playing actually. So it's just kind of innocent, but then they end up, you know, sleeping together out there and, and then they come back and they're all kind of flushed. And one of the dinner party people kind of realizes what happened and it's just like got, got kind of a surprised look on her face, but doesn't say anything, mm-hmm. but I love, uh, the surrealness of it. Like, or no, the absurdity, like when Victoria Tennant's character, Sarah says to Steve Martin, do people here get up early or late? It depends. Why? Well, if a person were to be making lots of noise, what time would they start? What kind of noise? Like construction? No, like deep sustained booming sounds. Ah, deep sustained booming sounds around nine, nine fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, what he keeps saying. It's funny too. Like she's from England. She's visiting LA and she keeps driving down the wrong side of the road. And he's in the car with her and all the cars are swerving to get out of her way. And he's like, right side, right side, get on the right side. And she's like, I don't think they can hear you. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that too. Or he'll be like, I just got a couple funny lines here. He answers, she calls and he answers the phone and he goes, hello, this is Harris. I'm in right now. So you can talk to me at the sound of the beep. (laughs) And she's like, is this a person (laughs) or Sarah Jessica Parker? She's, she's uh yeah. Sandy. He's like, Oh, I love that you're, you're, um, you have a normal name that people have such weird names now. And she's all big S small a small N, big D small E big E with the little star at the end <laughs> and how she's just so like, she wants to spin on the beach. And she's like, do you ever wonder why all the water doesn't just fly up into the sky? <laughs> <laughs> she she's funny and i i read recently i didn't know this but that movie changed her career because before that she always played nerds and after this she started getting offers for sexier characters so i think that means that if not for la story there would be no sex in the city i mean that's that's a good thing to probably predict i mean especially considering like what she did Hocus Pocus, Striking Distance like there's a bunch of movies yeah that she did after that which all led to uh, sex in the city yeah uh woody harrelson has a great cameo where he's uh steve martin's boss and steve martin decided to do the weather report uh a couple days early so he could go away on the weekend so he just said it was 72 and sunny and then it ended up raining and he sees woody harrelson in the um elevator and he goes woody harrelson's like you're fired i never want to see your face again and then the elevator door closes but then opens again and he goes i said i'd never want to see your face again." <laughs> <laughs> there's patrick stewart the as the maitre d at this fancy restaurant lidio who needs to check on um steve martin's finances before he can get a reservation and he goes what would you he speaks in a french accent what would you order Oh, I guess I would have the duck. You can't have the duck. (laughs) (laughs) Rick Moranis is a grave digger. There's all these Shakespeare references and misquoting um, 
he says, I have a favorite quote by about LA by Shakespeare, this other Eden demi paradise, this precious stone set in the silver sea of this earth, this ground, this Los Angeles. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's a movie I haven't seen in a while, but I know I, I'm with you on that one. It does. That's why it doesn't surprise me that it's your number one. Mm -hmm. um, and there is, there actually is one line from that movie that I always remember because I, it's even later in life, I kind of found it profound and it's, um, why is it that we why is it that we don't always recognize the moment love begins but we always know when it ends right and which i think is such a great line yeah he also says which kind of surprised me he said something like um a kiss is may not always be true but it's what we wish were true which is a little sad but kind of interesting mm -hmm. but it's just so damn romantic at the end he like changes the weather to get her plane not to take off and then yeah. she comes back in there together. I, I just love, I love everything about it. it actually influenced my um, decision to go to school at UC Santa Barbara because they go stay in this Santa Barbara hotel. That's another one. So um, there's uh, Sarah and her ex-husband who's trying to get back together with her in one hotel room and Steve Martin and uh, Sarah Jessica Parker in the, room next door and they don't know that they're right next to each other but they both have sex and they can hear each other and then you see them both in their bed and you see um steve martin has a thought bubble above his head and it shows uh victoria Tennant's face he's thinking of her while he's in bed with sarah jessica then sarah jessica parker has a thought bubble and it's um mel gibson <laughs> and then you go to the other couple and you see victoria Tennant's thinking about steve martin and then her ex-husband is also thinking about mel gibson <laughs> <laughs> well isn't if i remember correctly the movie like isn't he using sandy to make her jealous well he is um He's at, he goes to this clothing store where she works and it's all hip in LA and she's just like, she's so bouncy in this movie. She won't stay still. Mm -hmm. Oh, she's all bouncing all around him and measuring his inseam and he's like, whoa. And she's super sexy and, and she writes his phone number down on her hand so she can tell him, call him when the pants are done. And then, um, she ends up calling him and inviting him out to dinner. And since he's not happy with his current girlfriend, he goes and they kind of hit it off, but she's clearly not really a match for him. Um, but then um, I think after that is when he sleeps with Victoria Tennant's character. So, and he was supposed to go away with, uh, with Sarah Jessica Parker, but he goes to her place and he's like, I can't go with you. I'm seeing this other woman now. Mm -hmm. And she's like, Oh, well, so you're seeing her this weekend when we were supposed to go out? And he's like, no, she's with her ex and they're seeing if they can make it work. And she's all, that sucks. Share how that makes you feel. And then he's all, yeah, well, I, I, I hate it. I fucking hate it, but there's nothing I can do. And she's like, uh, he's like, well, you should just go away with me anyway. And he goes, well, if I did that, I would just be using you to get back at her. And she's all, that's fine with me. All right. Okay. <laughs> and then yeah, he goes, but we can't have, we can't um, make love this weekend. Let's just be friends. We can't make love. And she goes, okay, we'll just have sex. <laughs> <laughs> I have to add that to my list with Roxanne to rewatch. Cause it's, I do remember, I, I do remember really loving that movie. It's just been a while since I've seen it. I don't know that you know how sometimes there's just a movie that 
strikes you personally because it, you vibe with it. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that for me. It felt like, oh, I feel like this movie was kind of made for me. I don't know why exactly, but yeah. I just love it. No, I get it. Mm-hmm. I totally get it. Um, that's a great pick. And like I said, I kind of had a feel. I don't know why it was even my third guess. It should have been my first guess <laughs> for your number one. Um, so I guess that brings me to my number one. And my number one is one that I don't know if anybody would have ever chosen as my number one, but I just love this movie so much because I just think it's a ton of fun. Um, We talked about a number of other movies. He's worked with Rick Moranis in the past, and this is one that he it's it's him and Rick Moranis as the leads. I went with my blue heaven from 1990. I don't I'm, i don't remember if i saw that god i feel bad now i'm gonna have to go and watch all these movies that you have on your list steve yeah steve martin plays a he's a mobster right he's a mobster in witness protection uh rick moranis plays the fbi that fbi agent that is assigned to him and it's uh yeah vincent antonelli is the character that he plays he's a mobster from new york who's in witness protection until he can testify and it's rick moranis he's married right he he's married in the beginning but his okay. wife leaves him because she can't like the day they move into witness protection, she leaves because she can't take being in witness protection. Oh. And he does actually end up meeting somebody else while he's in witness protection. And there's a romance between those, mm. but it's, it's, it's a really great comedic story about like Rick Moranis is this really timid FBI agent who's in charge of keeping tabs on him. And like he's trying to be good, but you know, Steve Martin's Vincent, like Vincent is trying to be good, but he's not always good at it because he's just known crime all his life. <laughs> and there's this really great, like friendship that kind of grows between the two of them. And, mm. you know, the whole, not to give away too much, but like, he's always saying like, if anybody ever found out he was there, there's guys that would show up and try and kill him. And mm-hmm. that comes back into play later. Sure, and nobody yeah, ever yeah. believes him, but that does mm-hmm. end up coming into play. Mm-hmm. And he helps like Rick Moranis's character has a crush on an, on like a, a local police officer. And Steve Martin kind of helps build the relationship between the two of them. Cause Neither one of them is really good at relationships. It's just, <laughs> it's such a great it's a buddy comedy, huh? It really is kind a buddy of. comedy. And yeah. it's, it's always been, it's, you know, Steve Martin, Rick Moranis, Carol Kane, Joan Cusack. Mm-hmm. There's some big names in the movie. Nice. And it's just been a movie that I've just, I've always loved. And it's always stuck out that when we started doing this, it's like, yeah, my blue heaven is in my top five. It's just a matter of where. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, well, just the fact that that was the first movie that I thought of, like that's got well, to be my number one. So if I was going to watch, pick either My Blue Heaven or All of Me, which one? Oh, that's man, that's a tough <laughs> question. You, don't have to I, you know what? Though, in all honesty, I'd probably say All of Me. Oh yeah, the reason why I said that was connected to my it, uh, pick is because I think All of Me is where Steve Martin met Victoria Tennant. She was okay. in that, I think. She is. Yeah, she's the yeah. woman that it was the soul was initially supposed to go into. Okay. Okay. Yeah. She was the woman that she was chosen for the soul to go into first. Hmm. And then it ends up in Steve Martin. Well, um, yeah, I miss Rick Moranis. I guess he decided to retire, but that's too well, bad. Yeah. I mean, and that's another tragic story. I mean, you know, his wife got sick, so he kind of, he retired. Oh, I didn't realize. Okay. He retired so that he could be home to take care of his wife and take care of his hmm. kids. And then his wife passed away and then he became a stay at home dad, take care oh, of his yeah. kids. His kids have since grown and he has 
come out and said he he would entertain the idea of coming back. Mm. Um, and he's done a couple things. He's done some voiceover work since then, mm-hmm. but he's never done anything on screen. Yeah. So, yeah, it's weird because sometimes when uh, actors aren't around for a while, I mean, even Steve Martin, like they just the movie climate is different. So mm-hmm. there needs to be a great movie for Steve Martin and Rick Moranis right now. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Bring the two of them back together would, would yeah. just be would just be great. I mean, yeah, that would be that'd be fun. I would watch it. Absolutely. I mean, even the new Ghostbusters couldn't bring Rick Moranis back out of retirement. So, oh, man. or on screen retirement. When's um, that coming out? Like next week or something? No, by the time people are listening to this, it'll, it opens. It opens oh, today. Oh, wow. Yeah. It opens on Friday. So, I mean, by the time we're recording people on Thursday, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be awesome. out. I'm going, I'm, I'm going it's to got see some it. good buzz. And I'm going to see it on Sunday and Tuesday. <laughs> yeah it's so, getting some good buzz i'm totally excited for that yeah me too <laughs> um yeah because um actually damien and i just covered the ghostbusters franchise a couple episodes ago first part of spooktober and then i'm returning we're gonna do a review of ghostbusters afterlife <laughs> on his podcast watched it in the 80s so you, you know a cool crossover there but it's not the 80s well, the, the, the franchise <laughs> started <laughs> in the 80s, so, you know, so he's bringing it over. Yeah, and the cool thing about podcasts is you can do whatever you want. Pretty much, yeah, that's pretty <laughs> accurate. So, yeah, so my number one, My Blue Heaven, which if you haven't seen it, I I highly recommend it. Cool. It's, it's a lot of fun. I just remember the posters with that haircut that he had. He does. He the has that, monster like, haircut. the stand-up flat-top haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's, I think so that's what made me time. think I've seen it because that poster is so iconic. But I, what the plot you're saying isn't ringing a bell, so I don't think I saw it. Okay. And one <laughs> of the fun things, when you do go back and watch it or anybody who else who goes and watches it, if you haven't seen it, an interesting tidbit to keep in mind when you're watching it is that Rick Moranis actually originally auditioned for the Steve Martin part. Mm. <laughs> um, which, after watching the movie, I can't see it being done any way that they did it. Any other way. Other, other way that they did it. Like the role he played in um, Parenthood, he's this really intense type A uh, personality who's pushing his daughter to be a little genius. And I would have never thought he would do a role like that, but he pulled it off. So mm-hmm. that makes me think, you know, he could probably do a lot of things. Yeah, I'm sure. He, I'm sure he's really versatile. But yeah, um, once you see a movie and you love it the way it is, you don't want to see it. Yeah, exactly. Changed. Like I, I can't see it any other way than the way. Right. That uh, so yeah, lots of great movies in our top five, which was awesome. But um, I don't know about you, but I have a couple of honorable mentions. I got two honorable mentions and two other ones I watched that I thought might be contenders. But after I watched them, decided not. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I have a couple as well and we've, uh, we've made mention of a couple of them, so I won't have as many and we don't have to spend a lot of time on these. We can just kind of go through them and quick passing, but what's, what's one of the ones on your list for honorable mention or one to mention? The jerk was one. Of course. Now, when I first saw that, I like I saw it as an eight-year-old probably back in 1979 when it came out, because I was born in 71 and I thought it's funny and I've seen him on Saturday Night Live. But it's just goofy. I mean, I, I watching it now again, I actually liked it more than I did back then. But um, I, it wasn't until I started seeing some of his more like roles with depth, like Roxanne and L.A. Story that I really came to like consider him one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. All that said, um, it, it, it's it's like this movie was his first movie and I think it was his bid to come 
to transition from stand up to movies. And there were parts of his stand up that were in the movie. Like he had a line, it hasn't always been easy for me. I was born a poor black child. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, and there is all that stuff of his black family, which today it's like, Oh, is that okay? And people have asked him about it. And he's like, well, I haven't watched the movie in a long time, but I remember everyone being treated with such respect on the set. So um, anyway, I just watched it again and I think it's, it's uh, it's got a good heart to it so anyway. and it's just they're uh, you know him and bernadette peters are so great yeah together in that movie they dated too back then i think yeah, yeah i think they did date during that time actually mm-hmm. and like i know you know talking about scenes that we remember the most like the the one scene that i i remember the most about that is when he's standing when the guy's trying to kill him and he's at the gas station and he keeps shooting the cans instead he keeps missing steve Martin. yeah he, he hates, hates these, these cans, cans. <laughs> <laughs> I like when uh, he's he's so innocent in this movie and um, Bernadette Peters gives him a kiss on the cheek and he's all flustered and she's walking away and he goes, oh, miss, I was just standing here right now and I was wondering if you were doing anything tomorrow, if you uh, maybe you would want to go out with me. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's really a, again, like, I think, you know, I mentioned with all of me how a lot of people go to the jerk when it comes to like quintessential Steve Martin. There's yeah. a reason because the jerk is just so it's so, so Steve well Martin done. Yeah, <laughs> and so Steve Martin. Yeah. Uh, one of my honorable mentions, this was tough not to put in my top five, but I I really put some thought into it. And the re- only reason and there is a reason why it didn't make my top five, but up planes, trains and automobiles. Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason why I didn't feel the need to put it in my top five is because it's a brilliant performance between him and John Candy, but John Candy to me is the standout in that movie. Yeah. He's Steve Martin's the straight man. Yeah. I mean, and John Candy, like John Candy is the reason why that movie makes me cry. Yeah. Uh, You know, so (laughs) the end, I mean, they do have good chemistry together mm -hmm. and they're both funny in the movie. Yeah. But the only later on, he's not funny at first, Steve Martin, but he gets funny later. But the only reason why I didn't put it in my top five is, like I said, I think John Candy is the stronger performance. Well, that came out. It was so big. John Hughes directed and it was just a movie that I never got around to watching. And so that is one of the movies that I watched uh, in the last week. Okay. And I'd never seen it before. Oh, really? And and, yeah. This was your first time? Yep. Okay. And starting it, I was just, it's like Steve Martin is kind of a, a... uptight jerk and he's also super late and bad things keep happening he's missing his flight he's stressed out i'm like this is no fun i'm always late i'm stressed out i have to sit next to weird people on planes i'm not enjoying this at all and then uh, it's not even that funny at first but then um by the middle of the movie um things just get so bad that like Steve Martin's character, when the car catches on fire, it's like, okay, this is so bad that I just have to laugh, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I can't, I'm, you try to hold on to, I, I want to have things go a certain way, but when they get so far out of hand, you just kind of take a deep breath and go, okay, fuck it. It's fine. And uh, that's kind of how I felt about the movie. Like, okay, I'm actually kind of into this now. And then, yeah, by the end when they're hugging and everything, it's like, so emotional so i ended up liking it i still like i wouldn't consider it one of my favorites but at first i wasn't even liking it at all and by the end i liked it (laughs) it's a it's a it's a it's a regular viewing for me at thanksgiving every year like i I always watch that for sure at thanksgiving every year it's it's 
it's weird. Like it's one, it's planes, trains, and automobiles is one of the things that initially collect connected my ex and I is because oh. we were friends at the time. And the, t- the, the whole thing about how like I watch it every year for Thanksgiving, her family watched it every year for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. There was kind of a connection. So it was actually something we ended up doing together when we were dating and it's, you know, we would watch it together at Thanksgiving together with our families. And it was, you know, so like it holds some special places for me, but that like, again, that ending, when you find out the real reason why he's out, why John Candy's character, yeah. he has no home. Like that's it, what the movie's all about is that ending. Really? Mm-hmm. I feel like without that, it wouldn't be as, it wouldn't be what it is. And I don't, you know? I don't, I don't think the older I get, the easier it is to make me get emotional and cry. I know. <laughs> watching movies. So I, I think I cry more every year I watch that movie. Which <laughs> well, is now it reminds I've you of your ex. So, so it's like, that's probably part of it too, right? Oh, no, 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 no. That's not a no. reason to cry. That's a reason to cheer. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me so happy she's not around when I watch that. Exactly. Um, but I like also that there's, because it's John Hughes, there's Ferris Bueller actors in it, mm-hmm. Ben Stein and Ferris's dad and the uh, Edie McClurg, the clerk from the high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's the, an, like ticket. What's lady. another one on your, uh, on your list? Another, my only other like honorable mention is Grand Canyon. Do you watch that? It's yeah, it's early nineties. It's been a while since yeah, I've 91. seen it, but that's Lawrence the one, Kasdan. That's the one where he, he shot, right? He's yeah. a, like a director. Yeah. And he He's goes a, on the whole thing about trying to eliminate violence from from Phil. Well, yeah, it's interesting because, yeah, he's like the only character that doesn't grow through the whole. It's an ensemble movie with uh, uh, Danny Glover. Kevin Klein is like the main star. Mary McDonnell, Jeremy Sisto. And they all kind of grow by the end. But like, yeah, he gets he's he's directing these super violent movies and he's getting mad that they cut out like the brain splattering. Come on, I told you to get that in there. And then he gets shot in the parking lot and he like pees himself and uh, he's got like pus coming out of his mouth that's what really stood out in that movie and i remember thinking okay yeah so he spent a long time in the movie just having a change of heart deciding he didn't want to make violent movies anymore but really it's uh, watching it again it's like two scenes and then like one scene later he's like nah forget that i, I was delirious <laughs> yeah yeah it's been <laughs> so a while kind of a jerk in it it's been a while since i've seen that one but i have seen it it's yeah but watching it again like kevin the first scene is kevin klein uh his car having car trouble in a in a sketchy part of town and these like totally stereotypical black gang members give him trouble and if it, it, the movie is supposed to be about like the relationship between haves and have nots and race mm-hmm. relations and stuff like that but it's a little cringy now like a white person wrote this and it's kind of stereotypical so i don't know i i, I watching it now i was like i don't know if this is good or not if it holds up in the, <laughs> yeah, in the yeah, current the state current, of everything going right. on right now <laughs> it so, was interesting yeah that's it's one i'm gonna have to go back and rewatch because again it's just mm-hmm. it's been a long time since i've seen it right right um what else yeah i i have a couple other ones um yeah, i got I'll, one more so Okay. Uh, okay. I'll do one and then I'll let you do another one. Um, uh, Father of the Bride. I mean, you know, working with Martin Short, it, it always seems to pay off pretty well for him. And this is one that just I, I, I just think is still another movie. I just think it's so sweet. And it's so heartfelt, and it's 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 a fun it's a fun watch to me. Yeah, I think this is one of the movies that 
most people think of when they think of Steve Martin, mm-hmm. Father of the Bride these days. And I haven't seen it since it came out, and I have very little memory of it. But I remember thinking it was good movie. Didn't wow. stand out as one of my favorites. You haven't seen it since it came out? It's like 30 years ago. I know. Oh, all right. <laughs> Most of these movies are like that. I mean, I watch LA Story every once in a while, but otherwise, I hadn't seen Roxanne for decades. Okay. Uh, you said you had one more, right? One more, and it's Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which I also hadn't seen in since it came out and just watched it again. And I, I don't like that one as much as most people, because... But it's still good. It's that kind of like a goofier version of the Spanish prisoner, really. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I from what you were telling me about Spanish prisoner, I can kind of see that. Con artists and twists yeah. and things aren't what they seem and stuff like that. But uh it's good. Michael Caine and um Steve Martin have great chemistry together. Yeah, and it, there's definitely some goofy moments that happen. Mm-hmm in the movie and it's i know they made a broadway show out of it too at some point so the scene that stands out is when he's pretending to be this like uh special needs <laughs> brother and they're sitting at the dinner he's table got the trident at the table yeah yeah and he's like oh but can i go to the bathroom first all right and then he just sits there and like <laughs> he goes mm-hmm. the chair. <laughs> thank you yep <laughs> it's so so ridiculous but it's so fun at the same time yeah again like yeah i'm with you that's not one that i kind of tend to it's not a go-to for me i know a lot of people really love it though but it's fun yeah it's fun um we mentioned the man with two brains quickly so you know i can throw that one out there um the only other two i have real quick i'll make mention of little shop of horrors in which oh so good yeah he, he plays the dentist in and it's so well done his character is like his character is so great in that game. Yeah. Uh, but the other one I want to mention is, yo, oh God, certainly a sadist. <laughs> um, Dead Man Don't Wear Plaid from 1982. Mm. Uh, it's like a parody film noir movie, all completely done in black and white. Uh, a, another one directed and written by Carl Reiner. And it's just, it's so good. I mean, because they take all these like, Again, it's a parody noir, but they have like all this archival footage of all these classic actors in this movie acting with them. Mm. Um, Humphrey Bogart, Cary Grant, Ingrid Berman. Like it's. Oh, man, I got to go back and watch that. It's so well done, but it's it's another one that I haven't seen in a while, but I just remember Mm. really enjoying when I got to watch it. I mean, the thing about that movie and I hope listeners will forgive me for telling a personal story, but I um, was 11 years old when it came out. I went with two of my, you know, kid friends and, uh, you know, parents dropped us off. And my friend had just told me a story that the night before he had a dream that we were watching this movie and the movie, uh, blank blanked out halfway through and we ran out and God was there and it was judgment day. And so we were watching, we went in to watch the movie and halfway through it blanked out. And so we ran outside and nothing happened. So we played video games for an hour and we never went back in. So I haven't seen the end of this movie. <laughs> so I got to go back and watch it again. Uh, yeah, it's, it's worth the watch again. It's, it's, it's very fun and it's just, just, it's a cool concept with, cutting in all these like classic noir stars from like the twenties and the thirties and forties and just seeing them all interplay together with him playing the character. It's just, it's for a movie for the early eighties. That was actually pretty clever. Yeah. That's cool. What about uh, the man with two brains? What just briefly, what was the plot of that one? 
Um, something with oh, his girlfriend. He had a brain or something. Um, it's so he's he's a he's a brain surgeon and he he like marries this killer like a, a female killer and it kind of like his his life goes hectic and he ends up basically falling in love with a brain. Oh yeah, that's um, yeah. It, it, that's for the most part. It's been years since I've seen it. I mean, we're talking. Yeah. Early 80s. I remember laughing I, for sure. And it's Kathleen another Carl Turner. Reiner movie too. Um, so I mean, he's worked with Carl Reiner a lot. And I think, if I yeah. remember correctly, I think Kathleen Turner is the killer. Yes, is the femme right. fatale in the movie. Um, but yeah, he's just. It's. I remember laughing a lot mm-hmm, at that. Me movie. too. Mm-hmm. So, which is why I couldn't put it in my in my top five because it's been so long since I've seen it. There's a lot I don't remember. Right. Um. But yeah, but it's it's a lot of fun from what I remember about it. Uh, the only one I want to make mention of, too, and it's not a movie, so it doesn't fall in honorable mentions. But, you know, we talked about like only murders in the building working with Martin Short. Um, and this is more of a personal thing for me, too, because I actually have tickets to go see this is when him and Martin Short tour together. Yeah. They did the whole an evening you will forget for the rest of your life back in like 2018. <laughs> which I think I saw that on Netflix or something. It was released on Netflix and it was like an hour and a half to two hours on Netflix. But the actual show had like a three hour running time. Oh, wow. Um, they're doing another one. They're going on tour again and they're actually coming to my area and I already have tickets. And I'm so looking forward to it. I actually had to double check because I know it's in March. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm going to be in Atlanta in March. I hope it's not the same weekend. Mm-hmm. And it's actually the weekend I come home from. Awesome. It's the weekend after I come home from Atlanta. So it'll be the first thing I do after I get back That'll from be Atlanta great. in March. And I'm looking forward to it. It's it's going to be a blast. So Yeah, they were on, was it Fresh Air? And they were great together just being interviewed. I think it was Fresh Air with Terry Gross just playing off of each other and stuff, talking about their show. Um, I My homework list for um, Steve Martin is I still want to read his biography, Born Standing Up. I heard mm-hmm. that's good. Uh, I, his master class on comedy. Yeah, I want to watch that too. I've watched like the first couple and they're brilliant. I need to keep, you know, they have little like five minute segments or whatever. Um, finish only murders in the building, and now I have uh, all of me, my blue heaven, and dead men don't wear plaid. Dead men don't wear plaid. List. Yeah, see the ending of it. Yeah, I gotta watch. It, <laughs> you gotta watch the ending. <laughs> yeah, I have. Um, uh, Span. Oh, what is it? Spanish prisoner. Spanish prisoner. Yeah, to mm-hmm. watch. Um, Man with two brains is now on my list because again, it's been a while since I've seen <laughs> that, and I want to rewatch Roxanne because just I, I love yeah, that movie. So good. <laughs> So you just gave me the idea of actually adding a homework segment to to Will <laughs> yeah. by the end. Like, okay, what's our homework for the for the future? You kind of have been doing that. Yeah, just didn't, didn't call it that, but I kind of <laughs> like calling it the homework. Right, right. <laughs> what's our homework going forward? <laughs> um, so before we wrap things up, um, I mentioned you know Podcastica Network, the podcast yeah. that you're doing. Um, what's going on in Podcastica right now that people should check out? A lot, like right now. Always uh, a lot. <laughs> yeah, but right now there's like Fear the Walking Dead. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, but World Beyond is really good right now. It's gotten to the point where it's so good that I recommend people who didn't care about it 
go back and watch it if you're I a was one of Dead them. fan. Yeah, it, it's like just right now, it's like, oh, car, you're going to want to see this. Um, that's what I'm covering on Walking Dead cast. Uh, on Strange Indeed, I'm covering um, Lock and Key with Peck and Rima and Great British baking show and we're having a ton of fun lock and key is just one of my favorite shows it's it's a really fun magical interesting um unique kind of a show and they're covering dexter on there which has been so good which so is far. good and they're such super fans that it's really fun to listen to pick and rima talk about that i've only heard one episode so far but it was a blast so have i i'm still waiting for the episode on the late on the yeah second episode to, i think to it drop, might have come but... out today i'm not sure um maybe not but um and then we've got, of course, uh, Wheel of Time, starring you and mm-hmm. Greg, and oh, well, that's a show, but the podcast, <laughs> and Wendy. Ooh, I'm that. starring in the show. <laughs> Did you know that? No. Uh, House Podcastica, uh, you, that comes out, well, today, uh, if people are listening to us on Friday, right? Yeah, and, and I think um, the first episode, I think, is going to drop on Monday, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and that show's, I think, been getting good buzz, too, so I'm I'm happy about that. Um, is that everything? Yeah, I think so. And then we're going to be you know, going into uh, Bo- Book of Boba Fett and Cobra Kai at the mm-hmm. end of December, both of which I'm pretty excited about, especially Cobra Kai, but both of them. Yeah, you. I, I love the coverage that you, Rima, and Rich do with uh, with Cobra Kai. Like, we just so, love it. It's so much fun, especially when you yeah. break into Terry Silver impressions, which I'm sure <laughs> there will be so many more of. Oh, God. Season. He's going to be on the show. He's so on the show. Fantastic. And uh, I mean, I think that's probably, it's crazy to think, but it might be my favorite thing that I've ever podcasted on is Cobra Kai. It's Cobra Kai. Well, you have such a love <laughs> yeah. for the Karate Kid, too. Yeah. And I thought the show, I heard it, they were going to do a show and I'm like, well, that's going to be crappy, but I'm going to have to watch it because I'm such a fan of Karate Kid. And it turned out to be so good that I'm just really stoked about the whole thing. It, it really is probably, I mean, there there are very few I have like a list of top five shows that are probably like my favorite current shows right now, like not shows that have already passed. And I mean, top five, I think Cobra Kai is in that top five, along with like Ted Ted Lasso and what we do in the shadows. um, Yeah. And then a couple others. What we do in the shadows. So good. Um, But yeah, like you've got a lot going on in Podcastica and (laughs) I'm I'm happy to listen. I'm happy to, to be a part of it with, you know, with I'm happy you're going to be a part of that. Yeah. I'm really happy about that. We're excited. And We're yeah, really excited good. to start covering it. You're, I liked you. You we did that intro episode. You can find all this stuff at podcastica.com, by the way. And uh, Ben and Greg and Wendy did an intro episode, and I thought it was fantastic. That was a lot. Time and and that was like I was like okay, we had a blast recording that intro episode. So if that mm-hmm. if that intro episode is any indication, the the next couple weeks are going to be. Some, yeah. some good material coming out. We of that still don't time. like Wheel of Time on IMDb says it's so many episodes, but Wikipedia says something else. Mm-hmm. Do we know? No. How many episodes? Are in the no, we're just going with the flow. <laughs> right, right. When it I, ends, I, it ends. I think they they have it listed as like either six or eight on IMDb, but mm-hmm. like, um, yeah, Wikipedia has it listed as ten. So it's like, okay, we're just gonna go with it, and whatever yeah. whatever it happens to be, it happens to be. It's like, oh, surprise, it's 35 episodes. It just means that around <laughs> Christmas time, there's going to be two shows covered at the same time on yeah, Podcastica. Three. Well, what's the third? Because Cobra Kai doesn't start oh. until New Year's, doesn't it? It starts December 29th. Uh, no, you're right. 31st. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's already o- it's over at that. Yeah, point. Wheel of well, Time will be over. By depending then. on when how many episodes is, but yeah, okay, okay, cool. Well, I think we figured if it's ten episodes, it's going to take us up to Christmas. So oh, okay, that can't be right. Can it, it won't be more than that. Oh yeah, because they're releasing the first three episodes three at once at yeah. once. So yeah, that's that makes a lot of sense right up yeah. until Christmas. So no, I'm looking yeah, forward all to good, it. All great stuff. And so much like again, like you, you do. I mean. Like I, I put a lot of credit on you for choosing a lot of the coverage, and but at the same time, like you have so many great people that are involved with podcasting oh, yeah. that they tend to like kind of naturally come together, chemistry wise, mm-hmm. and they kind of also get to choose what they're what they're going to cover. You know, Wheel of Time was just something that like Greg said, "Hey, I I yeah. want to cover Wheel of Time." Greg was into it, and I I mean I I I like can't say yes to everyone who ever wants to do a show on podcastica but if the elements come together where i think it's something that our audience will like and the people who want to do it have had some podcasting experience and done well which is what happened with little of time then i'm like okay let's go with it yeah you know that's why they call that's why we call you the podfather <laughs> <laughs> that's your, that's your nickname so, but thank you for coming on and doing this again. I know thank you. when That's you great. chose Steve Martin, I was excited to do this. Um, cool. Robin Williams, whenever we decide to do that, is going to be so, pardon my language, fucking difficult. Because, yeah. I mean, he is. I'm going to have to watch nine more movies of his before I, that. Like I, At least. You know, you mentioned earlier how my number one is always usually very easy. Yeah. I, I can't. Like, I, I can't. I can't figure out what my number one would be for Robin Williams. I've got mine, but uh, aside from that, I don't know. But for number one, I know. I think I know where I'm leaning. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, but and and I'm sure we'll have you. I'm sure I'm going to have you back on for other stuff other than Robin Williams. And I I love this podcast. I'm it's so great. happy. That makes me happy <laughs> that you say that. Yeah, it's really fun. I I've listened to several of the episodes and I always enjoy it. It's really fun. No, I appreciate that. So, um, so as, as for Wilhelm, uh, if you like what you hear, be sure to leave a review on the show on Apple podcasts or whatever podcast platform that you're listening on. The more reviews, the more people the program can reach. Also be sure to follow Wilhelm on social media, uh, such as Facebook at facebook.com slash the Wilhelm podcast and on Instagram at the Wilhelm pod. Lastly, you can always reach out to me directly at the Wilhelm podcast at gmail.com for any feedback or recommendations or anything you want to hear covered on the podcast. Um, looking forward into the future, I have we're going to be doing the Matrix episode in the beginning of December for to kind of beat the the, the new Matrix that's going to be releasing at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. And we're going to there's going to be a Christmas episode or two towards the end of December. And then January is James Bond month, which I'm really really looking forward and to dive it into cool so you're going to do several james bond episodes oh or? all four episodes of the month of january are going to be or james, james bond, bond related we're going to cover each one is going to take a different actor who has portrayed bond mm. and we're going to talk about the movies that they were they were in which the connery mm. one's going to be a chore because i think he did yeah. like seven or eight <laughs> so and you'll Daniel just Craig skip, did five. Uh, the one guy who just did one. <laughs> I I mentioned last week that I was going <laughs> to skip George Lazenby. Yeah. And of course, I think it was Steve who was on at that episode because we did the Westerns episode. He's like, you can't skip George Lazenby. It's part of canon. <laughs> I was like, well, 
I'd have we'll to squeeze him, him into the Connery. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to squeeze him in the Connery because he fell in the middle of the Connery movies. <laughs> so, but I'm looking forward to that. And then after that, we'll go back to, you know, just these topics. And it's fun. And there's still so many topics left on the list to cover. Cool. I'm always thinking of more. So, uh, but no, thank you again for coming on. This is always great to have you on. It was great. So, thank you. Uh, as for me, thank you for listening. Thank you for all the positive feedback. But until next time, we'll see you on another episode of Wilhelm. Take care. Bye.